bollocks. Hello and welcome back to Unclassical. As always, that is the most energy I will be putting in for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Sit back, get a cup of tea and get ready for the story that is Little Women. I'm Marsha. And I'm Katie. And we're tuning in with we with episode seven. Oh my god, I have fucking no idea. Yeah, I think so. Episode I think seven. So. And we've got a lot to... Ah! because we've been chatting too long okay, it's <laughs> awake it's awake um, um i forgot what i was gonna say i'm gonna yeah gonna try and finish it up today we've got a lot to get through but i think we can do it oh my god look guys strap in strap on i mean <laughs> i wouldn't strap on i mean you do you whatever floats your boat but maybe don't tell us about it that that is a you fact that you is a you yourself fact. Yeah, if you yeah. work to our podcast, we don't want to know. Yeah, keep that in the private time. Yes. Right, jumping back into it. Jumping straight in. Here we go. <laughs> so, we, f- we finished last time with Amy going off to Europe and Laurie being like, if anything happens, I'll come find you, Amy. And they're like, oh, Laurie. Why don't you um, mean find me? You have my address. It's not a challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you- you'll know where I am. So um, now Amy is in London and I just want to take note because she's writing back about how she's finding everything. Yeah. And she describes English gentlemen as gallant creatures who say, ah, and twirl the blonde moustaches with true English lordliness. Yeah. If only, Amy. <laughs> if only. And all blonde moustaches, really. Um, Aryan <laughs> pricks. Aryan. So Fred Avorn is also in London and he's like, rich boy and he's sniffing around Amy and everyone's like oh he's probably going to want to propose to you and Amy's like <laughs> imagine well, he- every time like uh, every time a boy is interested in you um but you know like imagine like every time you like met a guy he's like oh he's probably going to propose to you like fucking hell we only made eye contact yesterday like Jesus he is however extraordinarily rich and Amy was like I did always say I'd marry for money and Meg you know she's dropped the fucking ball hasn't she um yeah. Joe is well Joe's fucking Joe and Beth <laughs> so you know to really like you know help my family out and bring some funds in i probably you know should marry for money and you know i want money as well so you know that's probably probably a thing do you like him mm, he's, he's got a face <laughs> he has this face but behind the face is a lot of money so. Yeah. so she's like all i'm saying is i'm thinking about it laurie did say goodbye to me though and we have been writing a lot and he is well, he's interesting isn't he <laughs> as well though like it just irritates me how women are always perceived like you know in that moment like it's like oh my god that's so like shallow of you amy Mm. and everything it's like well coming back to the fact that you won't let women fucking have anything exactly shallow of them to marry for money when it's like well it's the only other thing it's the only way i can actually not die so yeah exactly and also grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle i haven't but i think i would quite like it (laughs) i would like that lifestyle. who wouldn't like that lifestyle maybe if it was like you know if it's a different time amy would just be like well i want to be rich so i'll just work really hard at like exactly i was gonna say it's like a career plan so in another time she's like right i'll work at this company i'll graph my way up and then i figured you know it's probably best to try and transfer over to that company to get like the mega bucks yeah and she's just like okay i've worked out it's probably best to get married to fred vaughan and be rich yeah. <laughs> like, to be fair, I mean, it plan. does sound better than the working. Yeah, it really does. Working so yeah, she's sucks. in a bit of like a tizzles about it all. Next chapter, uh Marmy is talking <gasps> to Joe um that she's worried about Beth and um <laughs> just Joe's, Joe like who isn't? <laughs> who isn't? Joe's like, uh Beth's been actually like really well and happy since uh, Meg had the babies. And um <laughs> Marmy's like uh, no, 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 Joe. I found her crying over the babies the other day, and when she sings songs, uh, she always sings sad ones. <laughs> I was like, how fucking terrifying! Like, 
slowly shutting the door (laughs) just like and the babies aren't going to come around to visit for you know a while yeah a while um yeah they've started screaming in the middle of the night and uh, i don't i don't think it's normal baby shit (laughs) yeah i i I do think it's because of you joe's answer to this though is um marmy beth is growing up you're gonna have to stop being such a marmy soon and just let her go off and do her thing what you're so caring cry over babies it's weird yeah and mommy's like oh that sounds right like no it doesn't it sounds fucking horrific look at your daughter so um, just like beth in the corner like i'm just gonna go cry over the babies again marmy yeah okay you do that okay you do that (laughs) but you stay away from the rats they're for joe they have like did she fucking talk to my rats (laughs) like no 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 not your rats darling okay but fucking deck the bitch yeah like those those are my friends so as Laurie promised to Amy, he's always popping around to check on how everyone's doing. Yeah. And Beth sort of makes a comment about, oh, he looks really strong and well and happy. He's not for and you, Joe Beth. Is like, he only likes the fit ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe is like, shit, Beth fancies um, Laurie and it's going to really crush her if he doesn't love her back. I'll have to put in a good word for her. But um, I'll say Ew. now, this goes on for ages with Joe being like, Poor Beth, she's so sad because she's so in love with Laurie and he doesn't love her back. And then, like, later in the book, Beth's sort of like, oh, I mean, I always looked at Laurie and, like, you know, such happiness in my eyes. And Joe's like, I know, because you love him. She's like, I don't love him. He's just so full of life. He's so vibrant. I wanted his vigor. Vigor. Is that the word? I don't know. Vigor for life. I'm like, fucking vampire. He was like, you wanted to leech the life out of, of him. Well, that's I mean, so that's jealous. put a bit quite simplified, but uh, basically, yes. <laughs> basically, yes. <laughs> so, but this fair, moment, Joe's like, if you were oh. like cripplingly ill and dying, yeah, yeah, and always yeah, this like just bouncy like boy of joy came round, you'd be like, I'd like some of that. Yeah, give me some of that. Let me lick him. <laughs> let me just <laughs> let me just suck on his toe, <laughs> just a little bit. So, um, oh yeah, no, Joe is kind of like, um, oh yeah, I best put a good word in from Beth uh, with Laurie, what and she good also word. notes that. Um, <laughs> Meg you is know, now a mum. She cries over babies. Yeah, she's really quite the catch. Right. Um, and she, uh, Joe notes that Meg now being a mum, Amy travelling around Europe, and Beth being in love. Joe's like, I'm the only one that's managed to keep out of mischief. God, all these women. I'm like, just because you've got nothing going on, Joe, doesn't mean you're keeping also, out of mischief. Why is it? I mean, I get that Amy's being pursued by a guy, but she's like, I'm making a career for myself and um, yeah. improving my skills and you know living my life. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're always in mischief. And, like, you know, I haven't even accepted Freddy. It's just kind of what's going on. Yeah, like... <laughs> like, again, fuck, off, fuck Joe. you, Joe. I'm sure you'll love to live with mine and Freddy's estate when you're a little spinster. Yeah, you're fucking welcome. So, um, later, Laurie and Joe are discussing flirting. And obviously, what Joe is like... a weird topic. I know. Did um, Laurie bring it up being like, so, uh, you ever think about, uh flirting with Blurring. the uh, opposite sex like, <laughs> i think joe's more like aren't quiet nice homely girls nice you know girls that they flirt and just sort of around talking not crying <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and um, uh, Joe's like, obviously I don't flirt. I'm that awkward girl in the corner. I wouldn't know how to flirt. And uh, Laurie replies, I'm glad you can't flirt. It's really refreshing to see a sensible, straightforward girl who can be jolly and kind without making a fool of herself. Fuck Between off, our... Laurie. Fuck off. Between ourselves, Joe, some of the girls I know really do go on at such a rate. I'm ashamed of them. They don't mean any harm, I'm sure, but if they knew how we fellows talked about them afterwards, they'd mend their ways, I fancy. Fuck off. Sounds like you ought to stop talking about people behind their fucking back. Literally. Such an arsehole. And at that point, Joe was like, you're terrible. Joe kind of was. She was like, if you behaved properly, I'm sure they'd behave properly too. And they know that you like the way that they act towards you. So they ham it up. It's all because of what you want. That's what they're trying to give you. And Laurie's like, no, we like nice homely girls who, you know, uh, don't know much about the world and I can put my cock in. <laughs> He's like, like you, Joe. I like you. You are nice. Very nice. And so Joe kind of goes home and she's like, Mommy, Ori's awful keen on me and I think I need to go away for the winter. <laughs> Mommy, I think um, I need to leave. Now would be good. And Mommy's like, yeah, I kind of see you as like a friendship bond, but as a couple, no, I think it would be good for you to go to. And Joe's like, please. And so I've got a friend, Mrs. Kirk, who has a guest house in New York. I'll sort it out. And she's got kids and you can be like the governess to her kids and teach them and you can go away for the winter. And she's like, okay, brilliant, great, brilliant, great. And so she's all getting ready to... Oh, and, and the Mrs. Kirk thing's quite good because obviously she gets paid, but it's quite, like, relaxed hours. So she's yeah. got Dollar to be independent, but she can also, like, pursue her writing and stuff. It's a sweet gig. That's a sweet um, gig. Yeah, but as she's leaving for New York, Laurie comes over and he leans in and whispers, Gross. It won't do a bit of good, Joe. My eye is on you, so you mind what you do or I'll come and bring you home. Fucking stalker. Like, um, well, if that's the nail in the coffin, Laurie, it's... This is goodbye forever. Please move goodbye. away from my family. Can you imagine? Like, even if they were boyfriend and girlfriend, like, if you were going travelling or something and leaving your boyfriend behind, and, and he was like, said that. watch what you do, or I'll come and bring you home. Like, okay, well, I'm single now. I'm literally like, well, I'm single, so I guess I'm going to go get some cock. Bye. Yeah, fuck off. So, um, yeah, she goes and settles down in New York, and she's having a great time. She really likes the kids and the setup. Um, the children, however, also have a German tutor. And Joe says he resembles a regular German, rather stout, with brown hair tumbled all over his head, a bushy beard, a great big bushy beard! A great big bushy beard! <laughs> he has one thing Laurie doesn't have. What's that? A great big bushy big beard! Big bushy beard, and I fucking love it. Um, the kindest eyes I ever saw. And a, <laughs> and a splendid big voice that does that does one good to hear. He hadn't really a handsome feature in his face, except his beautiful teeth. <laughs> I don't know, I think you've destroyed, just, I mean, except for the great big bushy beard, I ain't digging that. But luscious curly locks, very kind, kind eyes. eyes, good teeth, like, sounds yeah, teeth is good, it, and it just sounds like a big amount of hair with teeth, to be honest. How can you tell if he's good looking or not? Oh, oh wait, big amount of hair, kind eyes shining out, it's Hagrid, she is, she's crushing her <laughs> She wants, she wants the giant cock. <laughs> Literally not even an exaggeration. Like, it's, it's Hagrid. But just like, so she's described him as not really being that handsome. So Joe is kind of like an independent go-getter woman in this. You know, she can't be pinned down. Does she remind you of another heroine who goes off and ends up... Uh, sorry, spoiler alert, but this isn't the last we're going to be seeing of Mr. Bear and there's some sexual stuff. Yeah. So does she remind you of a different heroine who ends up with an ugly man? 
Every- Jane Eyre and Mr. Rochester. And I was like, what is it, this thing about like independent, intelligent women who kind of like want to hone their own path? They're like, yes, you go get you and you get yourself your ugly older man. Surely this girl. is like such a thing though. Like you see it so fucking much in like <clears throat> TV and everything. Like, you know, obviously leagues and everything are a bit stupid. Like, you know, mm. you, you like who you like and everything. But just, you know, being superficial, let's look at the film Knocked Up. Catherine Heigl, yes. on like an ornamental note as well, is so out of his league. Like so out of his league. You'd never and, see a film with those roles reversed. And also like Silver Linings Playbook with um insert actress name. Ah, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence yeah. and Bradley Cooper. Like the fucking age gap and everything. She's meant and to be like, older than him. Yeah, and the casting on that, you're like, it's just fucking bollocks. It makes like, I mean Jennifer Lawrence does a great job in that film. She's really good. But the whole thing of like she's meant to have been married for ten years to someone else, and yeah. like have had like all this history. But, and when they kind of bring that up in the film, you're like, "What do you mean you're eight? Like, no, yeah, you had a you're a fucking child bride. No wonder you got issues. Yeah, it makes no <laughs> sense. Like, no offense to J to J Lo, uh, the wrong person, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. Like, she does a great job in it, but it's like, but you are wrong for that part. She's yeah, meant to you be. Shouldn't have been cast she's, as that. she's my age when she's in that film. She's twenty two years old. And the character, literally, the character is meant to be like 45. It's stupid. It's It's so so stupid. stupid. It makes no sense. It really annoys me because it's a great book and it's like, you just fucked it. Like, yeah. Oh, this is another bit about kind of the German professor Mm. in a roundabout way, just showing how shit people are. So, Mrs. Kirk, um, who owns the place, um, says that the other guests basically take the piss out of him. Uh, for being German, but he takes it so good-naturedly that they all like him in spite of his foreign ways. You're like, I'm so glad that you're foreign, but we can laugh at you, and you don't get all like, oh, you're racist at us. Oh, isn't he a great guy? That's like, like such a thing, though, isn't it? Like, you see, and it, like you see it as well. Like, um, minority group um, mm. comedians make jokes. I mean, you know, it does work in like on the one level, so like, kind of you joke about yourself, sure, mm. but like. You know, you see it like where black people be making racist jokes, but it's like, oh, but that makes it okay yep. for white people to laugh at, and it's that kind of thing. It's like, mm. also, I was going to say, I, I thought you were going to go for another angle when someone says says something racist, and you're like, that's racist. Could you not? And they're like, well, I have like you know, black, Asian, whatever friends, and they don't mind it. Like, well, again, like that's the, for them to say if they yeah, don't like, mind it, like in their and then okay, if you know the kind of level of humor for those people. By all means, I'm not going to tell you what you can say to your mates. You know your mates better than me. But for this, like, right now, I'm fucking offended, so shut the fuck up. And literally, it's like, and also, it's just a good policy going forward in your life. Don't rely on racist humour. It's like all this thing, like, oh, can't even make a joke anymore. And it's like, well, honey, if you were relying on sexist, racist jokes, you were never funny. Yeah, you weren't that funny to begin with. We haven't yeah. lost a great comedian there. Literally. So, yeah. Oh, Joe's about to get problematic, but this is quite funny first, actually. Mm. So Joe's on her way out and um, it's raining, so she has an umbrella and she walks past the professor, Mr. Bear's room, and um, she accidentally knocks her umbrella into the door, so it sounds like she's knocking on the door. And he yeah. like instantly opens the door. And so I'm like, yes? And like, yeah, awkward. And so she kind of um, explains and then she notices that he's holding a sock in his hand that he's darning. And um, so she's like, sorry, I didn't mean to knock on the door with my umbrella. And he was like, oh, have a good walk. And as she's going down, so she laughs all the way down because she says it was a, a little pathetic to think of a poor, the poor man having to mend his own clothes. The German gentleman embroider. I know, but darning hose is another thing and not so pretty. 
Like, well, fuck off, He's Joe. got a hole in his fucking sock and he's not allowed to repair it. Also, this thing of, like, repairing your own clothes. Tailors are a thing. And, like, stereotypically back then, like, largely men. So why is oh. it, like, unmanly? It's so stupid. And also, like, why are you didn't, like, putting women in a position of, like, lesser where it's, like, it's a woman's job to fix it, her husband's clothes. Like, why? Well, wait. So Joe kind of, like comes up to him and she's like, yeah, I'll fix your clothes from now on because you shouldn't have to. Joe! In an exchange, she fixes his clothes and he teaches her German because obviously the woman should do the menial task and the man should impart his knowledge as is right. As is... I mean, I will say one thing, Joe. You're kind of smart. I mean, cheaters are expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she also blatantly fantasies him. Yeah, so So, um, a little bit of sewing for a language. It's not a bad deal. No, bad. Okay, you're thinking smart, Joe. Okay, I see how you set it up in that sexist way to appeal to his sexist nature. I see it. I see mm, it. Mm-hmm. I see it. I, mean, I see it. that you're, you're gaining. I see that you're gaining a skill. And well, you know, you just gotta get to sit there and do a bit oh of sewing. God. No expense. Because she's to you. a governess for the children, but obviously she only gets paid for her hours. He gets paid for his hours teaching them German. She's like, what if I taught German too? Take his fucking salary. Yeah. <laughs> and like you, yeah, you think it's smart. Yeah, okay, I'm, Joe. I'm on board with this now. Smart lady. Smart lady. <laughs> So during all of this, Joe is also writing sensation stories and like selling them to newspapers. Mm. But kind of in everyone's opinion, they're a bit shit and trashy and no real like substance. But I take real problem with this because they're like, they're just like romance thriller novels. But you know what? Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey are fucking successful. And I think there's this real like damning on like romance literature. So I just think women have gone in and they fucking bossed it and they like rule the, Literally. the genre. I'd be like, but it is shit. And I'm like, it's not my style of writing, I'll admit, but they're fucking good at it and they're fucking successful. And I think they need praise. I mean like crime novels aren't really my thing either, but you don't hear the same kind of like again stereotypically men that write that being vilified like oh they're just shit they're like oh it's crime novels it's not really my thing whereas like romance things like twilight 50 shades like oh it's absolute shit literally so fucking shit it pisses me off because it's women that do it and also just for yeah. joe as well being like oh it's a bit shit like what you're doing and i think sort of like mm. am i earning a salary am i earning yeah. a salary though is it yeah. paying is it paying bills though is it pay- why don't you sit the fuck down then yeah when you shut the fuck up so it's um, the same with like things as well like all these sort of things i kind of go back to the sewing thing as well that like you know things like darning socks you know cooking mm. the dinner and all of that like all very cutesy little jobs you know don't require mm. much brain power silly... yeah like because yeah. like that's the woman's work until it mm. becomes professional tailor man chef yeah man. literally it's like i thought that was woman's work like oh no 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 because we do it better we do it for yeah. money because we are men and much clever but you know like if you're a woman then you don't get paid it's boring and silly like yeah i'm gonna take work. my steak knife and shove it up your fucking arse literally <laughs> art so many problems so many problems ah! <laughs> right um so joe for inspiration for these books um she keeps like trawling through newspapers like looking for accidents and incidents and crimes and she goes to the public libraries yeah. and, like researches loads of different kinds of characters she's like studying different people in the street she's basically just doing literary research she's like you know doing her homework yeah and um she uh she introduces herself to folly sin and misery as well as her limited opportunities allow she thought she was prospering finally but unconsciously she was beginning to desecrate some of the womanliest attributes of a woman's character (laughs) 
womanliest attributes of a woman's character. She was living in bad society and imaginary though it was, its influence affected her. So she was feeding heart and fancy on dangerous and unsubstantial food. I mean, like, thank fuck she didn't have access to true crime broadcasts. Okay, another thing as well. Women listen yeah. to true crime. It's fucking educational. I mean, oh my god, there is a point of binging where you think that there are murderers hiding in your in your laundry basket. But <laughs> before you get to that stage and you have to go cold turkey and only listen to Harry Potter, there is a point where you're just eradicating yourself and being smart and like, trying to avoid being murdered. And also, and she... sorry, oh, yeah. you say? I forgot. No, you say because you're connected. I was thinking about something else. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it when I was saying the last one, thinking like, this is going to be really good. Then I was like, it's gone. <laughs> oh, I was going to say. And she is researching for her fucking Literally. job. It's just putting like, women down. Like, if a man was doing that, you'd be like, yeah, good, he's doing his research. But a woman is like, you fucking slag. You wouldn't even note on it. You'd be like, oh, you're, you're buying a lot of newspapers. Oh, I write like kind of sensationalist stuff for the newspapers. So, you know, I just get an expression. Oh, fair enough. And that'll be the fucking end of it. Literally, like I'm reading it. For, I'm, I write stuff for the papers. I'm, I'm a, a sensationalist writer. Also, I'm a woman. You slag. I'm sorry. I've got, my legs got numb. And I'm trying to be cool. But I can't fucking move. Do you know what's the fucking <laughs> worst? When you say it, tell someone that, I mean, just to take away from the drama, me and Marsha are doing this over, over like video call because the corona's still a thing. But the worst is when you tell someone that and then they shake your foot and you're like, when my foot wakes up, I'm going to stab you in the face. I told Ross, because he does that sometimes. So I was like, I will break up with you. Like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I will break up with you. I'm not tolerating this. No. It's abuse. Do you know what the I'm other really thing hot is? now. Did you ever get it when you were like having to sit cross-legged in assembly at school and then your foot would go to sleep and be like, hurry back to your classroom and you'd be like, I can't. <laughs> I did this when I was in year six and I had to stand up and I just collapsed and I had to pull myself with my arms across the room and stand myself up using the help of a chair and everyone just had to watch. <laughs> Fuckers. Why aren't we allowed to sit on chairs? Do you know what really Fuckers. pisses me off? What? There are chairs, because it's also yes. the dining hall. I know, there's enough chairs for everyone, you fucking Do you know what lazy it is? We because we I was on because I was a I was a nice child. I was on the assembly mm. team where you set the room up. You know what involving mm. sets the room up? It involves you going and sitting in there for twenty minutes and chatting because there's nothing to fucking do. You know what but we weren't allowed to put the chairs out. Fucking you know, no arseholes all right i've regained myself a little bit that i can get get back to it so one day uh joe is mending um mr bear's clothes as she sees as one of like the trashy newspapers she sometimes sells stories to on the side and it's not one of her stories but kind of like she's like oh pushes it away she's a little bit ashamed and basically mr bear has seen her around the newspaper offices before but she's never like forwardly said like oh yeah i'm here because i sell stories so he's kind of thinks she's a bit ashamed of what she does so he doesn't really want to like openly ask her yeah but he's like she's a very young woman she's away from her family and she might need some vague moral guiding as you know well, the lovely men like to do in this well, so like, and I'm so like i'm to guide you away from those terrible sensational novels you write what they're earning me money like what do you literally. want to say like fuck off like 
And also, he's got no man like, well, do you want to fucking pay for my lifestyle then? It's like, okay, um, I'll stop writing them. Do you want to substitute substitute in then? So you're going to give me yeah. some of your salary. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? No, yeah, no, 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 you can fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, he says, um, yes, you are right to put it from you. I do not like to think uh, that good young girls should see such things. They are made pleasant to some, but I would much rather give my boys gunpowder to play with than this bad trash. And like, I'd much rather wow. people literally be capable of murder. <laughs> literally that's quite a bold statement and she kind of says some stuff like oh but some people like them and they're not as bad as all that and he's like no 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 you know it breaks down people's morals and everything and it's terrible terrible you know you should feed your brain on like so these morals that you're talking about mister let me just Mm. i think i know what they are is it Mm. where your little wife makes you your dinner and darns your socks and doesn't have a personality other than my husband is that what your yeah. morals are? Is that what you think Literally, women are? Well, why don't you go fuck family yourself? marital um, morals, you know, where you, you meet the boy, you get married, you have the kids, and you don't talk about your depression for the rest of your life. Literally. Nice ladies. Nice, nice ladies. You know, maybe they down a couple of bottles of wine a night to deal when yeah. everyone's gone to bed. But it's okay as long as they've done the fucking washing up. Yeah, fucking hell. So um, it's a bit awkward. And she goes upstairs into her room and she looks at all her stories that she's like collected and she goes, they are trash. Oh, my poor Joe. No, no, fuck off. Joe, you were, you, were, you were successful at writing these stories. Tell him to go yeah. fuck off and be like, sorry, um, I just wanted to, I thought I should let you know, I could actually afford to get someone to darn my socks for me. Mm. So who the fuck do you think you are giving me advice? Go fuck yourself. L- literally. But yeah, she just kind of was like, oh, you know, I'll try branching out into other stories and um, that kind of thing. And I spend the rest of the winter getting to know Mr. Bear better. Why? And, he um, sounds then... rubbish. Harry Hagrid. I know. He's, mm. and then... he's sexist Hagrid. He is sexist Hagrid. And then it says, um, anyway, the winter came comes to an end and it's time for Joe to go home. And she thinks, well, the winter is gone and I've written no books and no fortune, but I've made a friend worth having and I'll try Have to you? keep him all my life. Have you? Is really? Sh- just shout out. A friend worth having. What, the shits on your career goals? Yeah. Yes. It sounds like you were building a promising career and, you know, maybe you would have jumped onto it other things, but he's just made you feel shit for everything you've accomplished. And now you haven't got that career anymore because you've given up on it, but you've got some guy that will just shit on all your ideas. Sounds great. Sounds great. Put that man in back in the sea. Put that man back, back in the sea. Um, Laurie gets home at the same time as Joe because he's graduated from um, college and he takes this opportunity to profess his undying love for Joe. And Joe's like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> Look, no, we're not right for each other. And, you know, I, you're far too good for me. I wouldn't be a good partner for you. Da, 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 da. I feel really bad breaking your heart. At one point, she's like, oh, I wish I could just kill myself. Great. Great, great. <laughs> Healthy. And um, Laurie's like, you don't want to be with me because you're in love with that Professor Bear person you've been talking about all winter. And she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, if I find out you are in love with him, I'll do something desperate. Nice bit of casual manipulation there. Yeah, so like, well, you know what? I'm not in love with him because he's an arsehole too. And even if mm. I was, I, I, mean, I still wouldn't choose you because you're a manipulative cunt, Laurie. Yeah. Anyway, can you introduce you to my sister, Beth? <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's pretty fine, yo. She's not. She's not. <laughs> and um, he says, remember this, he says um, he will never, ever get over her, but Joe will go on and marry someone else and that will destroy him. Um, and so then he basically says, and you'll be sorry, Joe March, and runs away off to the devil. Like, um, Laurie, babe. Sounds a hell of a lot like your problem. Yeah, literally. And also like, you'll be sorry about this, Joe March. Who else said that? Who might Laurie actually be better matched to? Yeah. <laughs> it's also just sort of like, there's this whole thing. I mean, it's, 
I hate the notebook with a burning passion because mm. it starts off with him like asking her on a date by ha- like hanging off a Ferris wheel, being like, "Well, if you don't say yes, oh my god, I'll fall and I'll die." Like, I guess she just have to be there, like. Okay, then the ride can recommence and I can carry the fuck on with my evening. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you, you were... can't fucking blackmail people into dating you because if, if you try and blackmail your way into my life, I'll just kill you for your for you. You're rubbish. I don't <laughs> like you. It's so it's so unhealthy. It's so stupid. Literally sort of like so you... anyway, Laurie <sighs> yeah. get <It's> angry. <laughs> Laurie gets home and like explains the whole thing to his grandfather and his grandson's like I think it would be good for you to go away for a long time. Just like, you know, go travel and just not be here. And Laurie's like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go to Europe. And he's like, I think that's wise. Who else is in Europe? Also, Ah! I mean, yeah, Amy's in Europe. But also, um, who the fuck graduates in winter? It's now summer because Joe was away all winter. Does that make sense? Yeah, because then... You're away all winter, you get back in March. I did my last, like, exams in March at uni. So he hasn't graduated yet, March, he's just April. finished. Well, I don't know how it works back then. It's probably a little bit different. You probably don't have to wait for a results. He probably finished his, handed in his dissertation. They went, white man, done. You did very well. He went, thank you. I'll go to Europe now. Like, thank you. I'll go, I'll go threaten a woman with my love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he's gone off um, to Europe. And uh, now we come back to the fact that Beth really doesn't look right. She's gone green. She's not right. It says... There was this strange, transparent look about her. She's already a ghost. We didn't notice she died. (laughs) Um, As if the mortal was being slowly refined away and the immortal shining through the frail flesh with an indescribably pathetic beauty. You know you're ill when your soul's hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) At what point did you think you should call an ambulance? Well, I noticed this like pearly white thing dangling out the end of my nose and I was like, that's got to be wrong. (laughs) That's not right. Like, uh, can you see her fucking soul? Yes. So Amari's like, why do you think I kept writing to you to come back? It's fucking terrifying. (laughs) She's freaking us out. But then, like you said, no one noticed. It also says, no one spoke of it or seemed aware of it, for it had come so gradually to all those who saw her daily. So her soul's fucking hanging out. She's dying and no one's even fucking... Is Joe just walking in like, ah, ah. What's wrong with you? Like, are you alright? I think Joe even particularly notices. Fuck so Joe's Joe. come back and she's got some money left over from the sensation stories. So she's like, I'll take um Beth to the beach again, you know, hopefully get some colour in her cheeks. Do you want to come, Mommy? And Mommy's like, No, I must stay with Meg's babies. I couldn't possibly go away from Meg and her babies. I'm like, the writing is on the wall with Beth. Don't be such a fucking cunt. Come to the beach with your daughter. Right. Well, obviously, the other situation of it is it's like, look, I hang out with Beth a lot. She is wearing. <laughs> I could do with it. You've been away all winter. You go have a nice day out with her. I'm done. I am through with it. So anyway, Joe's at the beach and she's kind of looking at jo- uh, looking at um, Beth to see like just like signs in her appearance of hope. Like you know maybe she's not as bad as all that and she just can't find any. And so she's just kind of like looking at Beth like, oh fuck. And then Beth looks at her and says, Joe, I'm glad you know it. I've tried to tell you, but I couldn't. And um, so Beth knows she's dying and tells Joe that she's dying. And is this really naive of me? But I kind of feel in modern day, you are told you are dying by someone else. And so for you to just be like, I feel it. It's on the horizon. I'm like, 
How do you know? But then, if you go back to like the um, uh, original Fever, her doctor was fucking psychic. He was like, at midnight we shall know. <laughs> and just held her hand like, she is dying. So maybe she's psychic. Maybe everyone's psychic. Did, we, did technology take away our psychic powers? I think so. <laughs> I, oh my God. We were psychic. We were all so psychic. So, so I'm like, I am dying though, aren't I? Oh, oh, I'm going to be dead soon. So, um, Beth said, yeah, she'd been miserable for ages because she felt like she was dying and could see the plans everyone else was making and how full of life they all were and it made her really, really depressed. Fucking hell, Beth, that would make you depressed. It would, and Joe's heart ached to think of the solitary struggle that must have gone on while Beth learned to say goodbye to health, love and life and take up her cross so cheerfully. Like, fuck's sake. Imagine listening to that story from like, your sister just trying to keep like a, oh, I'm sorry. Imagine reading it, Katie. I don't even like Beth and I was bawling. <laughs> Poor Beth. <laughs> like, like damn. That is some depression, mate. Yeah. And then back to Joe, obviously. Joe's like, well, I can't give you up, Beth. So we're just going to have to get you well. I'm going to make you well. And um, What do we give me up? I'm not your fucking crack pie. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of up to you, babe. And so yeah. Beth's like... um. I, she can't reason uh, or explain the faith and the courage that um, has given her the patience to give up her life and so cheerfully wait for death. Doesn't ask any questions. She's just put all her faith in God and nature. But I mean, what else can you do? Like, well, I'm dying. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I'll just make the best of it. it. Yeah. Um, Beth says to Joe that Joe has to tell mum and dad what's going on and that uh, she has to support them through this. And Joe's like, I will, but you're going to get better. <laughs> Oh, but can you imagine, like, you've got to tell them, no, I don't want to. Like, that really sounds like a you problem. Yeah, you are the one dying. (laughs) I I think it would just be a lot better coming from you and us, and I don't want to. Yeah, awkward. And then Beth says... Also, though, like, it would just be really awkward, like, I think Beth's dying. Wow! Where did that come from? She told me. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, kill her to mention it herself? God. (laughs) Uh, Maybe Maybe. she's dying. Oh, yeah, bad joke. God, Beth, would it kill you to crack a smile? Come on! <laughs> Come on, here are the times of all apps. So, um, yeah, Joe's obviously like, you'll get better, Beth. And Beth's like, I only mean to say that I have a feeling that it was never intended that I should live long. I'm not like the rest of you. I never made any plans about what I'd do when I grew up. I never thought of being married as you all did. Joe totally didn't, but okay, just disregard all knowledge you have for your sister. Yeah. Um, I, could, I couldn't imagine myself anything but stupid little Beth trotting about at home of no use anywhere but there. I never wanted to go away and the hard part now is the leaving you all. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. I am Beth, you're scary. You are. I am not afraid, but it seems as if I should be homesick for you even in heaven. Oh, Beth, God. Beth, I realise you're dying and this is kind of your moment, but you have to make it sound, Beth. (laughs) And then she says, Joe, don't hope anymore. It won't do any good. I'm sure of that. We won't be miserable, but enjoy being together while we wait. We will have happy times. I don't suffer much. And I think the tide will go out easily if you help me. (laughs) Beth, this was meant to be a nice day out on the beach. You ruined it! (laughs) You ruined it with your horrid death! And they get home and Joe's kind of like, and Beth's like, I'm so tired. I'm going to go to bed. Uh, Go to Beth. I'm going to go to bed. And Joe kind of looks at her parents. But as we've said, Beth's soul's fucking hanging out. She doesn't have to say anything. They're just like, yeah. And so Beth's gone up to bed and everyone else just sits in silence. And she's just like, well, this is fucking depressing. But again, Beth 
has looked shit for ages and no one fucking noticed. I do wonder if they'd called in a doctor earlier instead of all being shit and ignoring Beth all the time, whether things might be different. But anyway. <sighs> oh, Beth. Laurie and Amy have met up in France. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. Did he, did, he, did he go along like, I'm here with my money. For Amy. For Amy. He's like, wonderful. I actually kind of like you and you're rich. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so, um... I won't spend loads of time on it, but they're both in France. And so just imagine a romantic montage of getting to know you, going on carriage rides and going to balls. So back to Meg. Right. It says about Meg, as she was a womanly little woman, the maternal That's instinct... That's quite the sentence. I know. The maternal instinct was very strong and she was entirely absorbed in her children. A womanly little woman. That is my fucking favourite phrase. I want it on a t-shirt. But also, how problematic is it? Like, a womanly woman has maternal instinct because it is a woman's thing. You can only be maternal if you are a womanly woman. And if you are a womanly woman, you will be maternal. It's this idea, isn't it? Like, you know, that you have to have children. If you don't have children, you're basically a pile of shit. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, it's a bit dramatic. But thankfully for Meg. She was a womanly woman and she did have children. Thank goodness. But it's also like this idea that, you know, like, oh, she's a womanly little woman. Like, oh, she doesn't have a lot going on. So you can either be maternal, but you're stupid and silly and like, you know, stay in your lane and, you know, this little like tiny little white dove doesn't make much fuss. But if you're someone who's like, maybe not maternal, but, you know, makes waves and stuff and you're a cunt. Yeah. You dickhead. Rubbish. So, yeah. Um... Basically, I could go on about this chapter for ages because it's about her, how she brings up the children with John, but it's, it literally would take a whole thing. So I think we might do an extra thing on Patreon where I take you through this chapter because it's all such bullshit. But okay, cool. I will just kind of do one of the finishing sentences that will kind of sum up the theme. I just want to say something fun because yeah. because I, you know, when I listen to things and they're like, oh, if you subscribe to our Patreon, we'll go into extras of this. And, you know, when you don't subscribe and you're like, ah, fuck, I'd like to listen to that. And that was my initial thought when you said that. I was like, oh, wait, no, I get to know for free. <laughs> I, I, I'm part of that. I get to know. I'm part of it. I get to hear it. So all you guys thinking that, just sign up to our Patreon. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. I, I will do, like, the finishing, like, sentence kind of of the chapter so you get an idea of what's going on. But if you want to know all the juicy details, then, yeah, check out our Patreon. Yeah. So it says... The children throve under the paternal rule. John brought order and obedience into babydom. While Meg recovered her... Yeah, that's what they call it, babydom. While Meg recovered her spirits and composed her nerves by plenty of wholesome exercise, a little pleasure and much confidential conversation with her sensible husband. So it's kind of like this whole thing that Meg's been too emotional bringing up the children and her mum's sort of like... um, you need to like give time to be with your husband and um yeah you need i'm trying to think about giving too much away so you need to like allow time to be with your husband but um your husband also needs to like help out in order for you to spend time with him a revelation but this sentence shows it's not actually him helping out so you can spend time with him he needs to impart his knowledge so that you know how to bring up the children and they know the boundaries so that you do have time to hang out with him did that make sense yeah, leave John. He sucks. Yeah, leave him. So, but yeah, check out on Patreon. And the kids, for... they probably suck too. Oh, they fucking do. So, um, back to Amy and Laurie. So, <laughs> Laurie is a bit of a cad now. He's been going around Europe spending all his grand... Not all his grandfather's money, but you know, he hasn't got his own money. And um, just yeah. being a dickhead. And Amy delivers the line of, I despise you. <laughs> so, no. And um, Laurie... Oh my God, did I forget the best line? I think I did. So, when Laurie 
gets to France and sees Amy, yeah, Laurie notes that Amy had gained a certain aplomb in both carriage and conversation, which made her seem more of a woman of the world than she was. That Marsh girl's got an ass on her. <laughs> I am. She got an ass. I yes. like a juicy ass. <laughs> it looks good. Oh, hell, kind of grown up, Amy. Shit. Shit, Amy, you went and grew up a whole lot. You've got sexy. So, um, yeah, um, Amy's like, you're dickheads. And Laurie's like, all right, I'm going to go off and basically become a better person that's worthy of you. And she's like, give a shit, go. And then he's gone and she's like, oh, I will miss him. Right. I just love Amy, like, fine, I'll go away and I'll become a better person. Give a shit. Give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> Can you imagine if you like asked someone out and they were like, nah, because you're kind of a dickhead and you were like, okay, I really like you though, so I'll go and I'll work on myself. And they just went, give a shit. And I'm like, <laughs> Do you? I'm fucking waiting. Which is kind of the vibe. Uh, She's like, but while you're so gone, John Vaughan, well, not John, uh, while you're gone, Fred Vaughan might be sniffing about, oh, he knows what you'll come back to. What well, fuck off, dickhead. Best response ever. Yeah. Amy, well done. The fucking best. So, I've got to say, throughout all of this, like, we really, I really thought Joe was going to be my feminist icon for this book, but time and time again, it is Amy. I'm vibing with Amy. And also, you I know, she's not Amy. like, you know, the perfect saint woman. She's been on a journey. She's grown. She has been a dickhead. But you know what? She's rounding out into a real nice ass. I mean, a great person. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's just got a real juicy ass. And, Damn, it's fine. <laughs> like just, you know, she's got other attributes, but, you know, the ass worth, is worth some mention. Astribute. Some attributes. So, the next chapter, The Valley of the Shadow. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Oh no. Oh no. Beth, I, oh no. Beth, I think oh, no. this one's for you. <laughs> so, so, since they found out that Beth is a goner, the family has just gone about making the last year of her life like a happy one. Um, I like how they're like, when will you die? I will die on this exact date in a year's time. Okay. This is the thing, because it's not, like, alluded that that much time has passed, especially because a lot of this is done in, like, letters from Amy and that kind of thing. And there's certain gaps in knowledge that I'm like, are you just saying the last year of her life, like, from this point, because she will be concluded within the year? Or is it another year? Because I feel it's kind of, sure, it's not that long. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, either that or they just, no one tells Amy anything. <laughs> so, or they just don't write you... her very often. Wow. Takes a while. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, basically, I think maybe it is a year, actually, because it says it was well that all this peaceful time was given to them as preparation for the sad hours to come. For by and by, Beth said the needle was so heavy and put it down forever. And it was just sad, like, and she put it down and never picked up again. Oh, God, it's all so permanent. God, <laughs> can you imagine just sort of like the day of the morning after just coming down and seeing like her needle and thread just like where she left them and will never touch them again? Like, yeah, damn, damn. Um, it says talking wearied her, faces troubled her. Not sure that's to do with the death. Like your face fucking annoys me. Also, can we just remember that this is little bashful birth? Yeah. I mean, whose faces? If they're bringing in loads of doctors at this moment, she probably will be freaked out. I don't think they are. I think it's literally just the family. But um, oh, and pain claimed her for its own, and her tranquil spirit was seriously perturbed by the ills that affected her feeble flesh. Such heavy days, such long, long nights, such aching hearts and imploring prayers, when those who loved her best saw thin hands stretched out beseechingly, heard the bitter cry of help me, help me, and to feel fucking there was hell. no help. It's fucking brutal. Fucking hell. Yeah, but... Are you, are you, marches, are you alright? You're, you're alright. You, this sounds fucking right? traumatic. Are you alright? Do you need a hug? <laughs> yeah. Are you alright? Are you alright? Yeah. Hug it out, hug it out. Um... 
the struggle was mercifully brief and the natural rebellion against death over and the old peace returned and Beth's soul grew strong, readying her for death. Fucking hell. So she's kind of resigned to the end now. Um, later on, Beth and Joe are having a chinwag and Beth says her one regret is that she's done so little and Joe's like, I've written a poem called My Beth and in it, it shows like all My the things Beth. that... My Beth. Because uh, she's mine. It's all about me. Um, and um, I think it's called My Beth. Um, yeah, it is. And um, in it, she writes about all the things that Beth has like taught her and taught the other siblings and everything about being nice and appreciative, I guess. And at the yeah. end, she says it's a comfort to think that when she dies, Beth will be there waiting for her. And um, Beth's like buzzing. She's like, oh, I have imparted some good. Oh, it's not bad. It's death malarkey, is it? <laughs> at, least you've, at least you've cheered up. Yeah, exactly. She's buzzing. And um, oh, this bit, right. So Beth tells Joe, you must take my place, Joe, and be everything to father and mother when I'm gone. They will turn to you. Don't fail them. And if it's hard to work alone, remember that I don't forget you and that you'll be happier in doing that than writing splendid books or seeing all the world. Um, the, lo- mm, um, the love is the only thing that we can carry with us even when we go and it makes the end so easy. She could still do stuff. Like, you don't have to give up everything in order to have like, love. Uh, look, Beth, I'm, not so- I'm sorry that you're dying and everything, but it's not my fucking fault. Yeah, why do I have to look after mum and dad? Like, well, but if, do you remember? Do you remember, Joe, that that time when I ha- we had to go and look after that dying baby and it died in my arms, and that's what kind of kickstarted it? It kind of is your fault. Ah, ah bitch. shit, you bitch! <laughs> I'll just tell you I'd do it, and then not do it after you're dead. <laughs> yeah, like fine. Like, hey, that's me, and I'll haunt you. Yeah, as if you'd have the fucking energy. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You want to haunt me? Well, bad if I go to Europe. You haunt me over there. You're gonna stay at home. Point taken. Point taken to death. Why are we? Why are we bullying dying Beth? That's <laughs> because. So, um, oh, okay. You're gonna feel bad now. You're gonna feel so bad. Ada was so bad. I I don't know. She just told. She just said basically said like because I have to die, you're not allowed to lie for me. Like That's I pretty said, harsh. Louise May Alcott can die. Write a dying scene. She's a fucking cunt, and I was born. <laughs> So, uh, it says, Seldom, except in books, do the dying utter memorable words, see visions, or depart with beautified countenances. As Beth had hoped, the tide went out easily. All that time she was screaming, help me, help me. Didn't sound that easy, but whatever. Didn't sound very easy to me. Yeah. In the dark hour before the dawn, on the bosom where she had drawn her first breath, she quietly drew her last. And And no farewell, but one loving look and one little sigh. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Beth. oh Beth. I actually I wrote the bit that I was bawling and I missed that bit out I was like can you read this without crying and then it just didn't make sense without it like why'd you fucking cry it's not that good <laughs> why'd you fucking cry it's not that good it's not that good and then um, it says she died oh yeah she died with everyone's everyone around her apart from Amy obviously Ooh, awkward <laughs> well, we've got all your family here where's Amy shit did someone tell her <laughs> fuck well wait um with tears and prayers and tender hands mother and sisters made her ready for the long sleep that pain would never mar again seeing with grateful eyes the beautiful serenity that soon replaced the pathetic patience that had wrung their hearts so long and feeling with reverent joy that their darling death was a benignant angel not a phantom full of dread i mean i get it when someone has a long drawn out illness sometimes like it's a relief that they're at peace but why are you always so fucking savage to Beth? She's dead. Was it a prophecy that she was going to die because death rhymes with Beth? <laughs> I know. I reread that so many times. Like, it definitely says darling death. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> Louisa May Alcott like, 
lol. <laughs> Can you just imagine sort of like, our oh, darling death is dead. Wait, wait, right. Beth, death. Beth, shit, shit, Oh, same person. But, um, yeah, so the room's all empty and still and everyone's sad and there's something about Beth, like, lying peacefully and them hearing a bird sing outside. And at this moment... Let's all take a minute to remember the Winona Ryder documentary about little women. Because it is a documentary. It's not a film. It's a documentary. It's a documentary. <laughs> Winona Ryder is Joe. Yeah. Same person. Where Hannah's spreading the petals on the bed to the song. <gasps> this is what I was going to say. Yeah, and, she and the sque- doll. And she squeezes the Beth doll's hand. And let's... <laughs> okay, that got... scene is fucking I've brutal. Got... <laughs> Marsha's Marsha's crying. I'm uncomfortable it's... now, guys. <laughs> Next chapter. It's called Learning to Forget. Her bed's not even cold. <laughs> She's not even cold yet. <laughs> Why does ass. everything have to be friends references? Don't you think it's time that we start the grieving process and move on? Beth's not even cold yet. <laughs> She's not. So anyway, the chapter's not actually about Beth because, well, moving on. <laughs> moving on, moving on. When they said forget, they really meant it. She's not yeah, actually for the whole book. Beth who? <laughs> So. When Amy gets home, they're all like, "Yeah, Amy's home. Who's Beth? Yeah. I don't know. Some ticket." Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, learning to forget is about Laurie, and his task <gasps> is forgetting his love for Joe. And it said Laurie thought Gross. the task of forgetting his love for Joe would absorb all his powers for years, but to his great surprise, he discovered it grew easier every day. <laughs> also, all the fucking shit he gave Joe, like, "I'll do something terrible. You can't love anyone." Else. Da, 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 da. Joe, who I don't even like her anymore. Amy's quite fit. Literally, like it's it's because it's, it's just about property to men. He wanted to possess Literally, Joe. he doesn't even like you don't. Literally, he's like, I just, doesn't he have a line again in the documentary with Renona Ryder yeah. where he's like, I had to just be in the March family and I found a way in. Pretty well, I don't think he quite says that in this, but that's pretty much the sentiment. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like, kind of I what just... he says at Meg's wedding. Um, but yeah, yeah like... he fancies Joe there. I'm gonna fart. I wonder if, they, if you heard that. Anyway, this bit mm. made me die. So he's pondering one day about, like, you know, his little love situation. And he sees a picture of Mozart and he says, Well, he was a great man. And when he couldn't have one sister, he took the other and was happy. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Hmm. Interesting. If it's good enough for old Mozart, it's good enough for me. And also, didn't Mozart die of, like, a sexually transmitted disease? Or have I made that up? Hmm. I think he did. So, like, he might not be the best example to go off. Anyway. Well, he sounds right for Laurie. Laurie's a prick. That's true. Um, anyway, uh, he he's, like, kind of, like, umming and ahhing. He's like, I think I'll write to Joe just to, like, you know, check if there's definitely any chance there or not. And then he's sort of thinking, well, maybe, you know, I shouldn't put my energy into that. She has never, like, you know, given me any hope. And, you know, fuck the bitch. Um, maybe... And also, know, and also, Amy does have a nice ass. Yeah, and so he's like, maybe, you know, to kind of distract me, I'll write to Amy. Such sloppy seconds. Such so slow. Amy, you deserve so much better. She does. And so he like starts like, you know, more like back and forth with Amy. Like he's like, I'm nice now. And she's like, okay. And it turns out she's refused to marry Fred. He did propose, but she said no. And um Joe is set oh, this bit's bullshit. It says Joe continues to treat um Laurie kindly as a brother. And if all brothers were treated as well as Laurie was at this period, they would be a much happier race of beings than they are. So literally, like, men aren't very nice. Women should treat them nicer literally like it's amazing how many ways people find to blame women for men's failures and it's so hypocritical because stereotypically women aren't treated very nicely by men but they're meant to be just like kind and nurturing and like always like giving and maternal always giving and there and it's like well maybe reciprocate it 
And it's like, well, you know, men aren't nice because women aren't nice. You're like, but what? Can we turn that around? No, be nice. <laughs> no, you can only be. And it's the same sort of thing as well. Like, you know, it's like, <clears throat> oh, like, oh, why don't you smile more often? You know, mm. men would feel less threatened if you smile if you don't, if you smiled at them more. Well, how about this? When I do smile at men, they follow me down dark alleyways. So I feel pretty threatened. Yeah, fuck off. So, um, okay, you know we like said about, like, did anyone tell Amy? They mm. sent Amy a letter saying Beth's not well, she's on the way out, but she never received it, so she never got any warning, so she just gets a letter <gasps> saying Beth's dead, and she's like, ugh. <laughs> so she's, she's not in a good way. But do we remember when um, she left, Laurie said that he would come comfort her if anything happened? Um, yeah. So she's like, <laughs> that's all shit, where's Laurie, where's Laurie, where's Laurie? <laughs> So she's like sitting on a bench, just kind of like feeling shit. And um, she looks out across the green and who's strolling across the green? It's Laurie. Laurie. Did you stop that first letter getting there so she'd have this big emotional reveal? Was this... Oh, good point. Was this you, Laurie? Did you did you do this? Did you intercept this? Did you manufacture this? So Ring. then she says the line, oh, Laurie, Laurie, I knew you'd come to me. And Amy knew He's that like, Laurie... Sorry, what? Would... What's going on? I just, I, but I came to say hi. Why are you crying? What's going right. on? What's good? What's, what's new with you then? <laughs> and at like, uh, that point, Amy's like, oh, Laurie is a stellar bloke in it. He always comes through in the end. And Laurie was he sure He just that- happened to be walking in the same park as you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Laurie knew that Amy was the only woman in the whole world who could fill Joe's place and make him happy. A solid right. second choice. Solid Literally second sloppy choice. seconds. Yep. he's the only man I could ever love. She's the next best thing to her sister. Yeah, well, she's willing. <laughs> yeah, best thing or the most willing one. Yeah, she's she's willing and she's got a nice ass. Well, yeah. he's the man, he, he happened to walk into the park while I was sad. That is some solid love story there, guys. Yeah. So how did you guys get together? He walked into a park when I was sad. Okay, and well, how about you? She's got a nice ass. You wait till you hear about the proposal. Right, so this bit's a bit fucked up. Well, very fucked up. So Amy spoke and looked like a homesick child whose heart was full and Laurie forgot his bashfulness all at once and gave her just what she wanted. The petting she was used to and the cheerful conversation that she needed. Poor little soul, you look as if you'd grieved yourself half sick. I'm going to take care of you, so don't cry anymore and come walk about with me. The wind is too chilly for you to sit still. He said in a half-caressing, half-commanding way that Amy liked, as he tied on her hat, drew her arm through his, and began to pace up and down the sunny walk. Like, so did she drag me along like a doll? There's definitely like some fucked up like hierarchy going on there. But however, as someone who's been very like burnt out at one point, sometimes it is nice for someone to take a draw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been there before, and I was like, I'm just so tired and exhausted, like out with a friend, and they're like. I was like, I can't even decide what drink to order. I mean, I know so many problems. And they were just like, let me just order. I know what you like. Let me just order for you. Like, thank you. It's actually really nice. It is nice. And yeah. and yes, so I do agree. But it's just, you know, it's not coming from that angle. Yeah. Anyway, proposal. So one day they take out a rowing boat and they're both like rowing together. And there's this whole thing like Amy had to use two arms to row whilst Laura used one. Oh, it's so strong. <laughs> But they went along steadily really well and Amy commented, how well we row together. They do say pull together, but it sounds weird. So I'm going to say how well we row together. And um, Laurie's like, oh, I hope that we should always be rowing in the same boat forevermore. Will you, Amy? And she says very quietly, Eh? yes, Laurie. And apparently that means they're engaged. (laughs) Okay, I don't know much about um, who wrote this. Um, Louisa May Alcott. 
I don't know much about her life, but I do feel there's a, re a re recurring theme of when I read these old books and I just feel that the women writing them don't understand, haven't been proposed to, and neither have yeah. I. But yeah. I have TV now, so yeah. um, there's that. And I just feel that the whole proposal aspect that's been building up, building up, and then they're like, and then I don't know, it just kind of happened. It just kind of happened. They don't have the life... Of, uh, this, uh, this I feel that as really well. Wrong, but... I also feel sometimes when people speak like purely in metaphors, like rowing, um, when they're talking about like love and sex, I find it really awkward. Like if you can't actually say what it is, you're not mature enough to talk about it. However... I will let it go because it's a book and I suppose the two of you rowing through the path of life or whatever or the river of life is quite a nice image. So I let it go, all right? But sometimes, just so everyone knows, also, find the Just so yeah, sad that I'm a little bit thick. So if that happened to me in real life, I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're, 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 we're going to be in the boat until we get back there because, I mean, there's only yeah. one boat. What are you talking about? I'm not I'm not going to go jump into his boat. I'm like, you fucking cunt. You're saying I'm not allowed to get in a boat with anyone else. I will get in a boat with whoever I fucking like. I'm asking you to marry me. All right. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. I was like, you've got to be quite literal in real life. Yeah, why I'll you get say so, you prick? Why are you just say? I was trying to be romantic. Where we do that for Where you? Where did you Anyway, back to Joe. Joe is trying to be happy and useful, but it's like really struggling since Beth's death. And it says, um, Joe was thinking, some people seem to get all sunshine and some all shadow. It was not fair, for she tried more than Amy to be good, but never got any reward, only disappointment, trouble and hard work. Well, now she's got your man. <laughs> but also, like, just because, you know, you're getting a snapshot of Amy's life where she's sending you happy letters. Yeah. You had a pretty BG time when you went to New York and stuff. Yeah. And then, like, you know... Amy's had you... to spend it with fucking Art March! Yeah, like, it's all been laughter. And also, like, how do you think she felt when she was like, Beth died and you weren't here? Like, that's pretty oh. shit. Like, oh, yeah, and they also told off, her, Joe. like, as you weren't here for the death, <laughs> they've said it nicely, but there's no point you rushing home now. There's literally no point. So you might as well, like, the absence away help, like, soften the sorrow. So you can also deal with this on your own. Enter Laurie. So... Literally, Amy's... so she's actually pushing her into yeah. the, the sloppy second man. Yeah, literally. So, so Meg, can we just leave Amy? Can we just leave Amy alone? She's the most feminist one in this, and I like her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? She's great. So um, she's great. She's Meg... got a nice arse. <laughs> you know what? Girl knows how to squat. <laughs> Girl knows how to squat. <laughs> I just got the image of like you know those like big dresses they wear with the funny little like bop up bums and corsets and like and squat. <laughs> yeah. 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 So <laughs> Meg and Joe are having this conversation and um, Meg tells Joe that Joe needs to get married in order to bring out her tenderly woman half of her nature and oh, love will make man. her heart uh, will make her show her heart someday and her rough exterior will fall off. Like a fuck off, Meg. Fuck off. So anyway, Joe is like feeling at a bit of a loose end and really lonely and she gets a letter from Professor Bear and he's asked her to wait because he's been described as really hairy, nice teeth and bright eyes. He's bear. I am is literally a bear in my brain. He's, bear, but he's literally enough. a great big grizzly bear who just sat there with like little spectacles on writing letters like, Dear Josephine, I'm sorry I was rude about your books. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, I haven't attempted a bad German accent, um, but he does oh, have Oh, that a wasn't accent. that. That was a bear accent. <laughs> That's how bears talk, don't you know? <laughs> Did you know the all of the dog like this? They make themselves a... It's not a German accent, it's a bear accent. <laughs> Okay, I I don't feel bad imitating a bear accent. I shall do that. And everyone know it's not a bad racist German accent. It is a bear accent because I will do that. Yeah, we're not racist against humans, guys. We're racist against bears. bears. And if you're a bear and you have a problem with it, come at me. No, don't. They're really big and scary. I'm thinking 
teddy bears. You had hoops in a fucking bear. I'm thinking you're a fucking grizzly bear. I'm scared. In my brain, he's literally a grizzly bear, but with spectacles. <laughs> nice. It's quite, it's quite endearing. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see the appeal. Yeah. It's, it's like a beast hard. in um, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. Come on. When he turned into like that really like smarmy looking prince, I was like, oh no. <laughs> and he went blonde. I was like, look, I was vibing with a brunette. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, anyway, um, she gets a letter from Professor Bear and he's asked her to wait for him. It's not really like said whether it's like romantically wait, but you know, like don't leave like, you know, where you're at. Because um, yeah. I, I I will surely come to you and come see you. And um, she's like, oh, this is amazing. And she longs for him to come because you know what? She's desperate now. <laughs> so... yes. Sorry, when did she start wanting to get married? When her sister died. How does that link? Yeah, I'm just so lonely. A man would do. So anyway, okay, so he's nearly 40. I think I think he might be 40 now, actually. And Joe's just turning 25, just to give an illusion of the age gap, 15 years. Um, it's a big so, one. Yeah, so Joe's, um, it's Joe's 25th birthday. And um, she's in the house and she's having like a little lie down. I think she's having a, a read. And she opens her eyes and she's suddenly aware there's a face looking down at her. And she's like, fuck. Gross. And um, it's Laurie. And she's like, fuck. Um, hello. Hello. <laughs> and um, he's like, they embrace. And um, she's like, oh my God, you're back. He's like, yeah, for your birthday, da, da, da. And um, you know, like, sorry I took so long. Um, I couldn't tear my wife away from your mother down at Meg's. And she's like, your wife? And um, he's like, oops, I wasn't meant to say, Amy's going to kill me. He's like, Amy? Oh, wow. <laughs> so so oh, awkward know. and weird. <laughs> and, um, okay, we find out how they got married, which is actually kind of lulls. So um, he's like, yeah, we had to get married. Um, because Is she pregnant? No, uh, they'd gotten together and obviously they wanted to come home because, like, you know, Beth's gone and everything. And they're like, it's just, it's time to go home. Uh, but uh, then they were, like, amongst prim and proper people and they were like, but you're courting. You can't travel without a chaperone. Aunt March can't travel right now. Oh, it's going to take ages to organise. Okay, we really have to think about this. And Laurie was like, well, if I marry her, she can just travel as my wife. Done. So, again, it's just stupid protocol, forcing people to do things. You know, maybe they would have liked to have come back and had a wedding with their family and everything. But he was like, oh, my God, stop fucking going on. I'll marry her, Jesus. I mean, I was going to anyway. I was going to anyway. It was just, I thought it might be nice to have her family there. Yeah. What a prick, I know. Yeah, we'll get married now. So he's like, so now we're here with husband and wife. It's a bit funny. And she's like, oh, no, it kind of seems like, you know, it seems perfect for you. Like, okay. <laughs> it seems like perfectly like, I'm, I'm like, look, I'm happy for you, Laurie. Well, uh, questionable, but. And I'm not, I don't love you, but can we go back to the fact that you fancied me? Well, this is the I'm kind just, of thing he's I like, just... I want to really assure you that you and Amy have completely swapped places in my heart. And I'll always love you, but you know, it's like more as a sister thing. Um, oh, oh, I just, this doesn't, it's not that interesting, just... but it's just interesting for us. Mm. So um, Joe basically goes, oh my God, it's so weird to think of you two being married. You're like children. And Laurie's like, oh, I'm older than you. I flatter myself. I'm a gentleman growed, as Peggy said of David. It's a reference to David Copperfield. We did that on the classical. Guys, yeah. you haven't heard it. Listen back. <laughs> Listen back. It just, it mildly frustrates me. This mm. idea that, you know, like, he was like, oh, Joe, I love you and everything. And she was like, I'm not really in that vibe. You're kind of like a brother to me. And he was like, fine, I will be your brother. And then he comes back and he's like, look, Joe, I really like you as a sister. And she's like, I said it first. I said it first. I said it first. Oh my God, this bit's so fucking rude. So Joe's basically like, I feel like I've aged 40 years in the last year. It's been, it's been a fucker. And um, Laurie says, poor Joe, we left you to bear it alone while we were pleasuring. You are older. Here is a line and there is another. And unless you smile, your eyes look sad. 
and when I touched the cushion just now, I found a, tear, a tear on it. You've had a great deal to bear and had to bear it all alone. What a selfish beast I've been. And now you're fucking off, uh, slagging off the way she looks. Like, and also... Yeah, you have been, you've all been cut. Well, I wasn't alone. Meg was here. And also, she's, in Amy's defence, you didn't tell her. Yeah, you didn't tell her. But yeah, from like Laurie's thing, Laurie knew. And Laurie also promised Amy that he would look after the family. And he was like... Uh, go to Joe and help out with birth. Go fuck Amy. In one of them, I have to deal with a sad, depressing March sister. Yeah. The other one, I get to fuck one with a nice ass. Yeah. I mean, what will you choose? I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm only human. I'm, I mean, to be fair, Laurie, those, that is an easy choice. But to be a better person, you should have gone to Joe. Yeah, you should have done it. So um, later, they're preparing this kind of party for like them coming home and for Joe's birthday. And it says Hannah's setting the table in a most decidedly promiscuous manner. So one, is she fucking the table? And she keeps Is she stealing... just like smacking her tits all over the plates <laughs> like us? Lactate on these bad oh, boys. And um, she also keeps sneaking looks in at them um, whilst they're like, you know, waiting for the dinner. Like, fucking invite her in. Is she one of the family or not? Not. and also tell her to stop fucking the table it's weird um, <laughs> maybe they're like look she is like one of the family but she's that weird aunt that you don't invite to stuff because yeah. she fucks the table what are you gonna <laughs> it's do it's like, it's like and she keeps looking at like can i come in and fuck the piano that beth used to play no no, no you can't you can't go away it's Hannah. disgusting so um all right, this bit's terrifying. So they're all kind of like escorting each other in for dinner and Mr. March takes Amy, his daughter. Mrs. March goes with Laurie, who she's like, he's my son now. Oh, lovely. And then Laurie's grandfather whispers to Joe, you must be my girl now. Glancing at the corner where Beth used to sit and Joe whispers <sighs> back with trembling lips, I'll try to fill her place, sir. <laughs> 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 what is this fucking vibe? Pervy and <laughs> weird, I don't like it. No, he's like, just to be clear, I realised she fancied me. Because we had, that was weird. I'm a nice, normal old man. Yeah. Nothing like that happened. Stop coming on to me, Joe. I'm not going to touch you. (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt you. No. It's okay. You're safe. Um, Joe is feeling extra abandoned now because even Miss Lawrence didn't want her. He put some boundaries in place. Um, But she's like, (laughs) even Laurie has moved on. And she's like, it's okay. I'll have a little cry when I go to bed because it won't do to be dismal now. <laughs> Just like so depressing. And then there's a knock at the door and it's Professor Bear! Hello. I just wondered if Josephine was here. I realise I'm too tall for this room. You see, I am a bear. <laughs> I am a bear. And then he's like, oh no, you're having a party. Sorry, I'm interrupting. I'll go now. I should go. I'm a bear. <laughs> She's like, no, Bear, come in and be one of us and make merry. And there's a bit, I didn't like write it down exactly. But, um, uh, okay, I'll come back to this bit in a minute. But when they're all like having like the fun party time and Joe says, it's fabulous that we're all here. And no one thought it was odd because it did feel like they were all there because they felt the presence of Beth. But I just think it's savage. <laughs> See, I thought it was like they were thinking that Mr. Bear was one of them, and he's like, "It's so nice that we're all here together, and it doesn't feel like there's a weird extra person. We all just feel like a family." And Beth's like, "I'm doesn't not feel here. Like there's a fucking Shit. bear in the corner." <laughs> I would like some. F- I would like some honey. You see, I am a bear. <laughs> Do like my honey. Um, so it says uh, the bear is getting on splendidly with everyone when Joe notices his bushy hair had been cut and smoothly brushed, but didn't stay in order for long. For at exciting moments, he rumpled it up in a droll way. Um, <laughs> and, and Joe liked it rant- rampantly erect, better than flat. And I was like, don't we all, babe? <laughs> Don't we all? No one likes a floppy hairdo. <laughs> yeah, just when did the phrase rampantly erect not be used in this way anymore? 
I mean, to call a spade a spade, when was that not referring to a penis? <laughs> Literally, when did you start, yeah, only using it when referring to penises? But anyway, whatever. So they have a lovely sing-song at the end of the night, and Mr. March says about the bear, I suspect that is a wise man, because he's old as fuck like you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> like he's seen a lot of the world. Um, and in the next few days, Laurie decides that it's time for him to go get a job and be done with all this dawdling. And yes. although capitalism is shit, I just love that it's such a choice for him. He's like, I guess I'll get one of those job things. And I was like, oh, Laurie, you're such a great man. You're such a good guy. He's actually getting a job. I mean, right. to be fair, if I was in Laurie's position, I wouldn't. Well, wait until you hear what the fucking thing is he's going to do. Um, <laughs> him and Amy decide to, because they've got like all this dollar, to go into this together. And so Laura, Laurie and Amy are discussing how they can leave like the best mark on the world possible. And um, Sustainability, <laughs> man. Laurie says, there's this one sort of poverty, poverty that I, I would particularly like to help. Um, out and out beggars get taken care of, but poor gentlefolks fare badly because they won't ask. And people don't dare to offer charity. Yet there are a thousand ways of helping them. If only one knows how to do it so delicately that it does not offend. I must say, I'd like to serve a decayed gentleman better than a blarneying beggar. I suppose it's wrong so of me. So basically, I only want to help the poor Tories. Or not even poor, that poor. I only want to help rich people. And Amy's like, oh my God, and it takes a gentleman to do this work because you have to do it so delicately. And he's like, I know, right? It's perfect. And so they conclude, Such give the money to other, in, in inverted commas, gentle people because they have it harder than actual poor people and get it overlooked. However, their basic needs have been taken care of because they're not actually that poor. So they're just going to give them the odd luxury that they've been going without or maybe like, you know, give them the leg up to like pursue a certain opportunity. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, you bunch of pricks. <laughs> like, you'll change the world, you two. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking can't. Also, that's not a job, because you're not going to get any income from that. You're I know, I've kind of missed how, if that is literally all they do, if Laurie's also earning some money. I don't think he fucking is. I think he's just spending his grandfather's money on more rich people. His granddad's like, this is a terrible investment. His grandfather works in insurance. He might be doing something with that. Anyway, whatever. Um, Does it... I mean, that's oh. just stupid from every angle. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to give money to rich people. Yeah, they're not going to pay you. They're not, they're not going to do that. So um, Professor Bear has been discussing philosophy regularly with like Mr. March. It's kind of like their oh, yes, little Mr. thing. March, we should have a discussion about the, the <laughs> philosophy with the bear. I am the bear. I am the bear. I personally like honey and um, I bees don't sting me and I like flowers. I can also <laughs> climb trees and run at 30 miles an hour. Really, I'm quite terrifying. But yes. I'm a nice bear. I bought a salmon I freshly caught. Don't mind the tea. But you like it. It's very <laughs> yummy and clean. Here you go. I am a bear. <laughs> He's so cute. I love him now. Yeah, I, I know, right? I, I am jealous of Joe. She's I know. a bear. Well, when he's done discussing like um, philosophy with Mr. March. With the man. With the man and is heading back to where he's been staying in town. Joe's always like, "Oh, I've just finished cleaning, like a woman. Um, should we go on an evening walk together?" And so they've been flirting. And, I um, thought Joe didn't flirt. Oh well, she's found how to for the bear. <laughs> like, so, turns out I just wasn't into men. I'm more into bestiality, and I'm vibing with this bear. Everyone else <laughs> thinks it's kind of weird, and like, you know, her dad doesn't actually talk about philosophy with him. It's mm. kind of like her situation with the rats, but this time it's with a bear. But oh my god, she's. She's been through a lot, so they're like, you know what? The bear doesn't seem to be hurting her. And she yeah. seems happy, so 
Yeah. And she talks about the rats less. Yeah. So, Dad, <laughs> did you enjoy your talk of philosophy with Mr. Burr? Sure, sweetie. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> Sounds right. So anyway, one day Joe's got some errands to run in town and she's kind of hoping she's going to run into um, Professor Bear. Um, but it's not like planned. So she's put on like all her best things and she's got like quite a lot to carry in town. And um, she doesn't bring an umbrella because I think she's got too much in her hands um, and she can't manage it. It's just basically, it's not very well thought out, but she wants to do it this way in case she runs into Mr. Bear. And um, so she's hanging about in the part of town where the men normally are. And it says, Lloyd... Yeah, loitering along as if waiting for someone, examining engineering instruments in one window and samples of wool in another with the most unfeminine interest and hustled unceremoniously by busy men who looked as if they wondered how the juice she got there. I walked. <laughs> I walked, bro. And also, oh, how unfeminine you are looking at machines. <laughs> and wool. Fuck off. So <clears throat> it's... <laughs> So uh, she uh, obviously it starts raining. She's got too much to carry. She gets knocked about by different people in the street, and she looks all wet and dishevelled. When suddenly she runs into Mister Bear, and um, he's oh, like, "Hello, oh. would you like to shelter under my big bear?" <laughs> he's like, "You haven't got an umbrella, and you're carrying so much. What are you doing?" And she's like, "I'm going shopping." He's like, "Please, may I come with you so you can go under my umbrella, and I'll carry your bundles?" And she's like, "Oh, please, that'd be lovely." And he's like, okay. So <laughs> they go um, around off and he's like, I just got news that my friend is opening. Sorry, guys, this is really annoying, but I'm committed. He's like, I just he got isn't news. There. He isn't there. So he says, God, guys, I'm so racist against bears. Um, <laughs> so he's like, I just got um, news from my friend uh, that he's opening a college and um, I he, he needs a teacher. <laughs> And uh, the money's too good for me to refuse, so I'm going to go tomorrow and teach at the college. (laughs) It is giving me real flashbacks to the Winona Ryder documentary, although I'm saying it's pretty accurate. It's bare. It's the bear. So um, um, he says, yeah, it's really far away, but you can't refuse it. And Joe's like, oh, that, that's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, you should certainly do that. And he's like, yes, I know. And um, yes, so I, he's like, I would be sad to leave you. You see, I thought if it was my little bear wife. <laughs> little bear wife. So anyway, they go shopping and it says Joe prided herself upon her shopping capabilities and particularly wished to impress her escort with the neatness and dispatch with which she would accomplish the business. Like, that's a hell of a skill, Joe. Wow, you shop so neatly. You used to be an accomplished author, and now you're like, look at me, shop. Come on, Joe. Fuck's sake. Come on. Anyway, she's too flustered after this news that he's leaving, and she fucks it and keeps knocking everything over. And anyway, they're walking home, and he's like, as it's going to be my last night, as it's going to be my last night, I'll buy food for us to have a feast. And uh, so they buy. Uh, yeah, it's good. We'll just head down to the river and I'll catch us some salmon. There we He does buy, like, I'll get some figs and some oranges. Things you'd think a bear would eat. Yeah. That sounds Um, mighty like a bear's dinner to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, they're walking back to the house and he suddenly noticed that she's crying and he's like, why are you crying? And it says, now... If Joe had not been new to this sort of thing, she would have said she wasn't crying and had a cold in her head or told any other feminine fib proper to the occasion, instead of which that undignified creature answered with an irrepressible sob, because you're going away. Like, how fucked up is that? You have to be feminine and fib. You can't just tell people how you feel, you undignified creature. Like, so is this where where toxic masculinity came from? But it was originally for women. 
Well, and then I women were like, fuck that. So It comes to this thing that women will never speak truthfully about their feelings because women are naturally deceitful. It comes back to Eve in the fucking Garden of yeah. Eden, doesn't it? Like, women are deceitful and you should be because it's the feminine way to be. Like, Literally, lie off. about your feelings. Like, the world's so, confusing enough already. Yeah. So anyway, oh, he's like, oh, it's good that you're, it's good that you're crying because it shows that um, she loves him. And it goes on to fucking, a- f- fucking ages. At one point, he's like, you are a good writer because I found this poem of yours and I really liked it. And um, Is so it the best just- poem? No, I couldn't be bothered to properly read it again. It's it's written like up in her garret where she hangs out with the rats and I think it's something about her trading to be ready for love. It's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up, man. I didn't want to like fuck around with that shit. <laughs> Scrabbles the rat is like, I don't like it. I don't like it, Percy. But obviously the bear likes it. He's like, because then you could end up with me. Um, yeah. anyway. And Scrabbles is like, look, mate, I, I, I'm your only real friend in this world and I think you could, I think you deserve better than a bear. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you, you should be training yourself for love. Sounds pretty fucked up for me. Yeah, I think you were quite an accomplished writer back in your day. And I think <laughs> yeah. you could get back to that. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Scrabbles. Thanks, thanks. So, um, uh, yeah, it goes, but skip to the end. That's the basic thing. And he goes, oh, I have nothing to give back but a full heart and these empty hands. And it says, Joe never, never would learn to be proper. For when he said that, as he stood upon the steps, she just she put both... his cock. <laughs> she just put both her hands into his, whispering tenderly, not empty now, and stooping down, kissed Friedrich, that's his first name, under the umbrella. It was dreadful. <laughs> it says it was dreadful because she obviously kissed him and they're not even married. And he's a bear. I have... She's a girl. I need... <laughs> I just have one question. I know Beth is tall, but they said she had to stoop down under the umbrella. Joe. Yeah, Joe had to stoop down under the umbrella to kiss him. Bears mm. are like eight foot. How fucking tall is Joe? <laughs> oh, he's on, sorry, he's on steps. Um, I think she's further up the steps. So he's at the bottom. They've got into the house. She's up the steps. He's uh. like, I've got nothing to give you but my empty hands. And she's like, not empty now. And not <laughs> empty now, I've put my tits in them. <laughs> Let me warm you with my tits. We're so progressive. We're so progressive. <laughs> He's like, oh, thank you, Joe. That's nice. Um, Professor Bear does actually go off to college, and it says the next year is pretty shit because they're just like writing letters to each other, and it's all looking pretty glum. And they're like, will we ever be together? But then, thank fuck, Aunt March dies. Brilliant. And it actually says they all had cause for rejoicing because she leaves them their house, her house. Winning. Fucking winning. And so Joe's like, oh my god, I'm gonna go open up a school there for poor um, little lads that ain't got no mums. And Laurie's like, how are you gonna fucking pay for it if you only accept poor students? Students, students, and they don't. Also, pay why fees. are you only really accepting men? Well, because girls don't need education. God, well, <laughs> you know, we'll train the women to sew, to darn socks, and cook and yes. jelly. But other than that, they don't need to learn anything. Joe actually, she's like, I want all these little lads to romp around with, upgrade my rats. You know, that's basically it. She just wants to hang out with boys because I'm more of a lad, you know, not one of the girls. <laughs> Sorry, but isn't that normally fucking creepy? Like, so yeah, as an adult woman, you want to have all these children without mothers around you, yeah, so they can't be protected. And the bug- so, it sounds. I think you should go back to Scrabbles, and he'll tell you that you're now a paedophile. If you were to look at this business model now, you'd be like, "You fucking pedo! You stay away from those kids." I mean, yeah. yeah. I want to romp around with the kids. With the rich thing, Joe's like, oh, don't be silly. Of course I'll have rich people's too, with a ragamuffin or two for relish. They're not a fucking novelty, you cunt. They're not there for you to enjoy. They're not a side dish. Like, fucking help them or not. Anyway, they open up the school and it says, oh, Joe made all manner of curious mistakes. Of course, Mr. Bear guided her safely through calm waters. And also, um, Mr. Lawrence actually mainly funds the school. I think they take, like, a particular poor boy. And he's like, I will sponsor the boy. 
to much excess so he like um, furnishes it all appropriately and everything so yeah Bugs Mr. Lawrence is a class guy and he is stupidly rich he's stupidly rich um okay I don't want to gloss over this because I think people should know the kind of things that are in these books um so they're talking about like the poor boys they accept into the school and they accept a quadroon have you ever heard the word quadroon it's someone that is one quarter black oh my god I like and they're like, oh my God, they're so amazing because everyone said accepting him would ruin the school, but they didn't care. But he's, again, like, oh, he wouldn't take a full one. He's only a quarter. And also, did you ask for fucking paperwork to prove he was only one quarter black? Like, Literally. Or he's like, like, well, he doesn't look too dark, so it's all right. Like, it's fucked up. Cunts. But also, at the same time, old white people in America are racist. Who knew? And um, also such fucking white saviorism. Such white saviorism. Oh, and there's a bit later in the book when all the boys are singing. And they're like, and did you know the quadroon had the nicest voice of all? Which uh, uh, like, It's just so fucked up. But yeah, that's what's in these books. It's where we look at them because they're fucked up. Ooh. They're problematic, Ashbuck. And everyone thinks they're nice and they're cute, but everyone is a cunt. Okay. <laughs> I mean, all I'm saying is that it wasn't in the Winona Ryder documentary. It was not. They left it up. So, um, yeah. That's the thing. Uh, they always, like, tone down the fucked up shit in these books, don't they? They do. So, like, it oh, must be nice. The end of the book is savage. It's not in anything I've seen. It's a bit hilarious. Um, so, anyway, um, we're nearly there. So, Joe and the professor... Um, I think they have more than one child, but at this point they have like a baby boy. And it says Joe had no anxi- anxiety about her baby, even when supplied with sour russets by his indulgent papa, who laboured under the Germanic delusion that babies could digest anything from pickled cabbage to buttons, nails and their own small shoes. I mean, do, do you know I what digest what... means? Do you mean hold in their mouth? Or, I mean, babies are fed on liquids. What the fuck are you doing feeding them nails? This is the problem when you have sex and have half bear children the bear, <laughs> he's like all of my family ate small shoes no it's like but it's, it's part of human babe so it's, it can't do that sweetie can't do that he's like oh it'll be fine little baby <laughs> the little baby cups. will be fine but they're really um, half hairy they're kind of bald as well they're kind of creepy yeah kind of disgusting um so um have you ever seen a picture of a shaved bear? I swear there's like an old picture of like a dancing bear that they shaved. It's fucking horrific. And also fucking leave him alone. Anyway. Yeah. Um, leave him alone. Don't, do not shave a bear. If you're, if you're in your life in lockdown and you're kind of thinking that you might shave a bear, just don't do it, mate. Just go do it literally anything else. Anything else. So anyway, um, it <laughs> it's five years in the future and they're all at the school um, having like a picnic in the grounds with all like the students running around and um, it says Amy's sitting there with her daughter who she's also called Beth and Amy's st- and Beth's asleep in Amy's lap and Amy starts crying because she's so frail and she thinks she's going to die and like oh my god oh for fuck's sake why did you I mean, name you did it call Beth her, you did call her Beth and everyone's like um, everyone kind of thinks the same but Mommy's like I don't know I think she looks a little stronger and Amy's like thank you with all of your support around me and with Laurie he's such a good father and such you know a wonderful help to me whatever happens I'll find my way through but how fucking horrific and this is like the last fucking page of the book hell. <laughs> it's quite a note to leave it on yeah and, and it all finished... happy but Amy's child was going to die well this is the thing and so she's like well we're all supported. And then like, they're like, oh, the boys are in the trees. Oh, it's lovely. And it finishes with Joe saying that she was never so jolly in all her life. But please excuse the remark. Living amongst boys, she can't help using expressions like jolly now and then. Oh, Joe, you're so rude. <laughs> God, imagine being so vulgar that you actually use the word jolly. It's disgusting. 
but uh, Mrs. March has to have the last word. And it says, oh, my girls, however long you may live, side eye at you, Beth. (laughs) 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 I never can wish you a greater happiness than this. The end. Being a wife. Being surrounded by, it says, her children and grandchildren. That's fine. I procreated. And so did you. The function of a woman. Yay. In procreation. Right. right, wow. All right. That's a really dark note. Like, everyone's happy, but Amy's kid's probably going to kick it. I kick the bike. Yeah. So... I'm like, why did you call oh. Beth? <laughs> anyway, I so have Fred. regrets. So you can't call a cat Fred. You can't. Guys, and you... sorry if your cat is called Fred, you know, writing's on the wall, but you can't. They always die. And they do die. Whatever mm. happens, they will find a way. You will try and prevent this. Yeah. But they will die. They will die. So, well, guys, we hope you enjoyed Little Women. Little Women. Little Women. How little are they? <laughs> Scary little. And yeah, if you uh, want to know more about the bullshit of um, Meg's parenting, tune into our Patreon. We'll get that up ASAP. But not this week. Uh, I-, I got shit to do. But soon. <laughs> got shit to do, man. So, yeah. And then we will be kicking things off soon with should we say or should we keep it as should we say should we say let's say let's say okay we're gonna say i'm gonna be kicking things off soon with rebecca <gasps> da-da. Da-da, da-da. and i've and never it's read actually really fucking good it's yeah, really good the film's pretty good it's really problematic and you are kind of rooting for the wrong people at points because the way it's written but damn it's a thrilling read <laughs> <laughs> um, so I won't say any more on about that because we've got lots of discussions to come with that uh, but if you've enjoyed what you've heard Katie where can they find us they can find us on Facebook on Twitter on TikTok and on Instagram if you type in Unclassical you will see our faces pop up and you can click follow and see our lovely content you can also mm. put extra content and some stuff that you like physical things that you will receive in the post which is very exciting in lockdown it you is. can head over to our Patreon and you can find us at Patreon forward slash unclassical and you will get cool shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. early 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 unreleased episodes plus extra content. So I mean I mean I don't know why you wouldn't sign up to be honest. It's a wonderful place to be. It's amazing. So yeah. yeah. Well thanks guys. I'm gonna wrap it up because it's probably a slightly longer episode than normal, but you take care. You and take you later. good care of yourself. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. I am a bear. Goodbye. Goodbye, I am a bear. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Bye.